1: The right part yeah? He was too young to listen to music way back in the early 80s back, he's a young dude he's a young dude so it's good to get uh, his take on uh, these songs kind of hearing what he thinks about these artists that we're going to talk about and uh, as always it's a wide variety of music so step inside our our podcast
2: I'd like to disclose that 88.5 5 is our own college radio station at california state university northridge
1: Indeed, both Holly you and I. Are trying to
2: keep that a secret from our listeners?
1: Both Holly and I are matadors. We graduated from Cal State Northridge.
2: So let's welcome
1: Mookie. Great idea. So let's get into it with Mark Mookie Kesor. There he is. Hi. All Hi. right. Looking good.
3: Thank you very much. So Holly, I don't think we've ever oh, met yeah. before.
2: We have not met.
3: No. Are you a, a broadcast industry professional or music snob or all of the above?
2: You can call me a broadcast music professional, not a music, a music lover, but Dave, Dave can take the snob name. I'm not, I'm not a snob. Thank you. But music, yes. She worked at yeah, yeah.
1: uh, Westwood One for a long time. Westwood
2: One, yeah. Oh,
1: after cool. CSUN,
2: after graduating from season. Cool. cool. Well, yeah, I went to Westwood One and then some Spanish language networks and then worked for a company that produced TV commercials for radio stations.
1: Oh, right on. Holly is fluent in Spanish, and just in case. You mm-hmm. need oh,
3: to nice. Espanol. Well, I'm not prepared for that today.
1: <laughs> oh, you didn't know? That was our little <laughs> twist to our. <laughs> good thing yeah. it wasn't April Fool's Day because we would have done it all in Spanish.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were doing English today. <laughs>
2: we are mo- mostly english you never know sometimes gibberish comes out so you're Casey, how long have you been at a, at a I said kcsn i guess it's 885
3: right um it, it it's been oh gosh um five years programming the station for I think two all of a sudden. Yeah, Sky Daniels brought me in. I was music director under him for three years and then things kind of blew up and got weird and then I became program director under some interesting circumstances. But now the future is bright for our little station and um, I feel like we're doing the right things and it's a much more modern-leaning AAA station, you know, than ever before with more forward momentum is what I've been telling people. Yeah. Um, and I, I just love what what we're doing. Um, it ain't easy, you know, with behemoths in the market, with these heritage brands and stuff. And also we have, like, not a lot of wattage. But, you know, under the circumstances, we're doing okay. Yeah. And, I'm of course, I'm happy to be on the non-com side right now.
2: Did you Kinda come like, from commercial?
3: Uh, yeah, in San Diego mainly at... Uh, 91X, and I I saw the station change hands in ownership a a few times, three times, two times. uh, Worked for a bunch of PDs at 91X. And then uh, the short-lived Radio Sophie, which was like a hot AC station, um, CBS at the time. And then FM 94.9 KBZT, Mm -hmm. which is now Alt 94.9, just as like a weekender Mm -hmm. and fill-in DJ. Yeah. And then Laguna Beach, and then... And now this, in my back in my hometown of Northridge.
2: <laughs> Where are yep. you in Northridge?
3: I am living 100 miles away right now, actually. I'm living in Carlsbad still. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice, actually. So you'd have to take me away from here kicking and screaming, you know. And the stuff that we're doing right now. Um, as far as, you know, not commuting into work and doing everything virtually. I think we're going to move to some sort of hybrid scenario. Maybe we're in the office just a couple of days a week, or if there's a band coming in to mic up and, and, you know, and and record, then we'll do that. But I'm hoping to to work from home mainly after this whole COVID-19 thing, you know, is gone.
1: Yeah, we talked with Russ Boris a few weeks back. He hadn't been to the station at all in... And over a year and you know still kind of running things but it's possible it's crazy to think about but that's uh this is the new frontier i guess
2: pretty amazing yeah. what you can make work
3: yeah it took us just a few weeks to figure it out but to get a to get all our djs equipped with a, a laptop and a little mixing board and a microphone it was relatively cheap and our engineer mike is amazing so he we're we're up and running you know, haven't missed a beat, and we thought that it was would be a good opportunity to sit back and you know as they say look at the station from thirty thousand feet mm-hmm. uh, but that hasn't been the case with these pop up pledge drives and artist interviews on zoom all the time and continuing to do our shows and trying to figure out you know promotions and things. It's been a lot of work, you know
1: do you like those you know? the the artists at home i mean it's it's kind of fun, it's kind of a novelty, but do you miss like having them in studio and kind of uh able to to give that (laughs) face-to-face and interaction
3: i i do like the live music you know there's nothing like it and uh, i would bring my daughter up to the station a a little bit like um you know to just to be around live music and the equipment and the musicians and everything um but i mean i really like these virtual sessions that we're doing yeah it's quite easy you can wear sweatpants nobody (laughs) knows you know it's yeah and we've done like 70 plus artist interviews since the pandemic started and it's remarkable when you go to our website and you scroll down through the the here at home interviews it's like you keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling forever it's it's really cool really proud of that stuff and obviously it's easier to do an artist interview via zoom rather than route them to the radio station with all the gear um you know when they're in town playing a gig
1: have you found yeah. any bands tried to be creative with their setup? Or what, what's the band that uh, mm-hmm. surprised you with uh, with what you saw in the background or what's going like on?
3: Like virtually? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
3: well, some of the interviews have been good. Like um, uh, as far as just interviews only, Matt Costa was just on his front porch in Laguna Beach. Oh bear reinhardt from the band need to breathe was in his home recording studio which was like this immaculate like gorgeous room like somewhere in like north carolina or something like that um the most unique one was charlie crockett kind of a new school country artist and he was on his iphone and he, he he pops into the zoom room and he's standing in the middle of nowhere like the desert and I'm like, dude, and, you know, after a couple of questions, I'm like, where are you? He's like, oh, mentally or like physically? I'm like, physically, where are you right now, you know? Um, he's like, oh, I'm in the middle of uh, the desert in New Mexico waiting for this freight train to come through because I'm shooting. The- he's like, you see that guy way over there? He's got a camera and we're shooting my, my next music video out here. So in-, in true cowboy fashion, Charlie Crocker was just standing in the middle of the desert, you know, with a cowboy hat on um, doing a Zoom interview. It was amazing.
1: That's fun. Be yeah, I mean that that adds a little uh, uniqueness to to everything that you you put out now. Something exciting. We gotta
3: feel like we we need to repurpose some of that stuff, you know. Right, after right. It, after yeah. it just pops up online, you know, sometimes we just forget about it that it exists.
1: But speaking of uh, repurposing, I got my first uh, vinyl record of 88.5 with with those some of those studio sessions, and that's kind of cool. That's the first time I've ever. Usually, you know, you get these CDs and, you know, from radio stations of of in-studio performances. This was the first time I'd ever seen a a record album. I thought that was kind of cool that you would do something like that. I still
3: don't have mine, and I'm glad you got it, and it's not warped. Um, you know, with every anything that we do for the first time, there's some some things to work out. And yeah. uh, we found out that we couldn't get the record into people's hands uh, for holiday time, um, so there was a delay. But for Studio Sessions Volume Two, we're already working on that, so everyone should get it. Uh, you know, when they order it, and uh, sometime in December, I guess this one's going to be mainly uh, again sessions that we've recorded in studio, but also sessions we've recorded at various venues venues. venues around town so like uh the band seratones at no vacancy in hollywood um sharon van etten at amoeba craig finn from the hold steady um at no vacancy and um, we're working on some others as well just trying to get clearance from the labels i guess but that's coming together nicely
1: first of the hard-hitting questions Uh, i've i've known you for a few years now for the life of me i i have no idea how to say your last name
3: Oh, it's K A C Z O R. yeah, so it's Polish, in, in Polish I think it's kachor, which literally translates to duck like the animal, but it's uh, K-A-Z-O-R, so I guess you could say the C is silent to pronounce it.
1: Okay. I win. All right, yes, you do. you
3: got it. Yeah. All right,
1: Mookie Duck, very good. Uh, okay, and, uh, uh, and of, of course, Mookie, I'm sure, came from a sibling or a family member, where'd Mookie come from?
3: It came from Mojo Nixon. I don't know if you know
1: Mojo. (laughs) Yes.
3: right he's got i mean he's a uh, a talented i guess comedian and musician and when i was an intern in san diego uh in the clear channel building there were there was 11 stations in one building at the time uh, before the fcc you know had all these laws about you know that you can only have eight That's in one lot. market or something so one of those stations was uh one oh one five kgb classic rock mm-hmm. and mojo nixon was the afternoon dj and my internship was helping out the traffic reporters so i would call mojo studio every afternoon and say hey what time do you want to do traffic you know cal walker who's flying around you know is standing by for you and there was another guy named mark mark sanchez in the in the traffic department so he, he never knew which market was and he told me you need a nickname dude you need a nickname <laughs> and i was like oh you know it's great um <laughs> So, one day, Mojo, because we all shared a building, Mojo comes into the studio with all the traffic reporters, and they're all lining the room with the, the headphones and the microphones coming out of the headphones, you know, and there was only one guy who flew around giving traffic reports. So, Mojo walks in in, like, a NASCAR shirt and cut off jean shorts, and he's like, I got a nickname for you, and he points at me, and he's like, you're Mookie, and I'm going to call you that, and I'm going to tell everyone to call you that. So, I'm like, oh, Okay. <laughs> Um, so I call him that afternoon. Hey, Cal, what time do you want to do traffic or Hey, Mojo? Um, Cal Walker's standing by and he's like, is this Mookie? And I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> um, so ever since then, of course, coming from Mojo, it's cool. And I wore it as a badge of honor right off the bat. Like, Oh my God, I'm a real radio guy now. Cause I have my own nickname, mm. you know? And then I, I got on the air at 91 X and it was Mookie, you know? So it worked. People confuse me with Muckley all the time. Oh,
1: yeah, Chris Buckley.
3: They confused me with another guy, Matt Stone. I think they also confuse me with Matt Bates, Matt Diablo, who used to work at 91X as well. But whatever.
2: So, and not just a, a good a good nickname, but who else can say they've been nicknamed by Mojo Nixon?
3: Yeah, amazing, right? I know it, it is pretty cool. I have not talked to him in forever. I think he's doing outlaw country now on satellite radio. I should drop him a line.
1: Yeah, our. Uh... Our friend, friend of the show, Craig Rosen, wrote the liner notes for Mojo's. He recently put out a box set of like all his yeah. albums. Still Incredible. putting stuff up. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Very cool. get yeah, that's so, a great story. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it's like a tattoo. You, you should have a good... Yeah. If you're going to have a nickname, you better... Or a tattoo, have a good story behind it. So yeah. yeah. All right. So that makes me happy that you've got, you've got like a good story behind it. <laughs> um, although you do say, Mark, Mookie, if you have to, are you... Once you reach a certain age, are, do you think you've outgrown the 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 nickname Mookie, or and you prefer Mark now? What should we call you? Well,
3: this is this is the second station where uh, one of my bosses had said, you know, I don't know if I want a Mookie on the radio because <laughs> it's like a smarter, sophisticated station. It's not alternative or anything like that, you know. Um, but I've been Mookie for so long, and you know, the industry knows me as that, and I've been a jock with the name Mookie forever. Um, So I just can't let it go. So that's why on the air I'd be like, hey, it's Mark or Mookie if you prefer or whatever. Lately, I've just been owning the Mookie name on 88.5 FM, and I'm just going to do it and do that forever. Good for you.
1: I mean, you can't judge a man by his name. You can't, you know. Wolfman Jack never changed his name, right?
3: (laughs) You know, my parents, you know, Mark Keesor isn't exactly like a great DJ name. Or, hey, it's Mark, and here's the very latest from Krongbin featuring Leon Bridges. (laughs) That would sound weird. You know, we got guys like Jim Nelson. That's a great radio name. Or, uh, I mean, Nick Harcourt. That sounds great on the air, you know. I've, I'm reluctant to change it at this point.
2: I wouldn't judge a Mookie. No. Who's your
3: second it's favorite Mookie, know. by the way? Oh. Oh, are you kidding me right now?
2: No
3: question. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. I mean, at the yeah. t- <laughs> at the time, you know, Mookie Wilson, I think by the time you got your nickname, Mookie Wilson was big. Mookie Blaylock, you might be a Pearl Jam fan. Maybe Blue, Mookie Blaylock was uh is, is a guy for you.
3: Yeah, well, the, the 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 number one Mookie these days is my namesake and the guy who wears the same hat I'm wearing yeah. right now. Mookie right. Betts.
1: Another fun fact I learned: um, Joey Santiago, the guitarist for the Pixies, has a cat. His name is Mookie.
3: Whoa! Really? <laughs> yeah, they were find that out. <laughs>
1: I found out it, there was an article in Spin Magazine last week on Major League Baseball and everyone's favorite player. And Joey had his LA Dodger cap on, and he's and he was holding Mookie. He's like Mookie and I. We both uh, were Dodger fans. they are going all the way this year.
3: Oh, amazing!
1: Yeah, he Googled other famous Mookies. Yeah, I, I just happened. I just happened to see it on Twitter. It just popped up.
3: The subscription to Cat Fancy Magazine. <laughs> well,
1: we, we keep that in the down low. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. let's get started, shall we? It's kind of cool, though. I mean, we've talked to some people who obviously when they teenagers during the 80s and they remember this music fondly. And then we've talked to a, a few other people who they were like five and younger. And so they're going off what it means to them now or, you know, maybe some other memory or some sibling had introduced them to this music. So, you know, that's all we're looking for is just kind of uh, your take on on the music now. We've spoken
2: to people outside the U.S. who didn't know a couple of the local bands, so they just listened and
1: talked. And they've all been amazed by the the breadth of music that was played in 84. It kind of goes Mm -hmm. all over the place, much as 88.5 FM does now.
3: It totally does. 88.5 FM. 88.5 FM.org for people outside the listening area. Oh, you can and get... we have a great app as well, 885 FM SoCal, is, you know, you got to plug the stuff.
1: Okay, so we are going to talk about the songs that were played on KROQ back in the day, 1984. This is based on their 106.7 year-end chart and we're going to look at songs 50 to 41 this week.
3: Wait, after this series, do you go to 1985 or are you just going to end the, end it there and move on <laughs> no. to an, a new sort of thing?
1: <laughs> we're we're going all the way, baby. <laughs> we
2: may even go to the
1: 90s oh yeah very cool you can't okay. stop nice <laughs> number 50 uh <laughs> this artist named prince that was played on KROQ, and the song is purple rain it's the titular song you just like saying that i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um, all right so purple rain what are your memories someone who obviously didn't see it in theaters when it first came out uh, what was your first exposure to prince
3: um, well, that, that's crazy to think that K-Rock actually played Prince back in the day. First of all, you know, my first exposure, I can't even remember, my man, um, <laughs> with Prince and a lot of these artists that we're going to talk about um, radio actually turned me on to these artists, you know, mainly. And uh, Prince has so many great songs that uh, I, you know, I got my Bluetooth speaker. And once my daughter was born, we had the nursery, I guess, next door to this room. <laughs> um, I'd play Prince. Prince and I'd be dancing with her and swinging her around to like, let's go crazy and stuff like that. I do have a crazy Prince story unrelated to Purple Rain. As I mentioned in the cheat
1: sheet, everyone has a crazy Prince story. So very good.
3: You're absolutely (laughs) right, man. Um, So my wife is telling the story and I wasn't around, you know, this is pre me. Um, But I guess Prince had like a residency in Vegas at one point, right? Forgot what hotel it was or whatever. So my wife and a bunch of friends, they drove out to see Prince in Vegas and they got great seats, I guess, right in front. Um, his whole thing, I think at the time was making it really affordable, you know, so it wasn't too expensive to sit right in the front um, for those Prince shows, the residency. So they, they get there and they get there early and there is a uh, an opening act and I forget forget what she said the opening act was, you know, probably not too memorable, but everyone's dancing and having fun and drinking, and there's this one person she was telling me who is dressed from head to toe in like I guess you call it a burqa um you know where you can't see the face mm-hmm. there's a whole head covering and a full on full-on, full-on get up mm-hmm. and this person is just dancing up a storm like right in the front row to the opening act a a diminutive person a petite person right (laughs) so everyone starts chattering around like i think that's prince you know (laughs) just going wild you know right in the front row so everyone's dancing and after a few songs of the opening act my wife she goes up to this person and says hey what's your favorite prince song and the person says raspberry beret so I think he actually had a deeper voice than that. <laughs> um, you know, he would actually speak like this. Yeah. Although when he was singing, he would like get really get yeah. up there. So it could have been Prince um, enjoying yeah. the opening act, but uh, he was dancing up there and going crazy, whoever this person was. And then when Prince hit the stage, this person disappeared. Yeah. Um, so it could have
2: been. I'm going with yes. Yes.
3: Yeah. I'm going with of yes. Of course. Yes. <laughs> I think that's just the coolest story. And, uh, you yeah. know. Oh yeah. Every, yeah, everyone has a crazy print story apparently.
1: Even non-coms have to take a break once in a while, so that's what we're going to do. We are talking with Mark Muki Kasor. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome back to the "What Difference Does It Make" podcast, and our guest Mookie.
3: You're going to find that my musical knowledge is not that great. Going through the next couple of songs,
1: <laughs> that's okay. We just want your your fresh perspective on like what you know. what someone who came of age probably? Okay, I'm going to guess based on the year you were born. Probably the your your favorite year of music: 94, possibly 96.
3: Well, I don't like music from the 1990s. Because you're not a 90s like, guy, okay? It's been shoved down your throat so much hmm. by like alternative formats and the radio these days. You know, it's like the Smashing Pumpkins. God love them, but um, you know, I'm over it. And the Chili Peppers type of thing. You know, there was a Nirvana phase that I went through. Uh, maybe in a little while in the podcast, I, I'll, I'll let you know about my. Uh, <laughs> my radio upbringing and stuff. But when I was in high school, most people's formative years. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know, high school, I guess, I guess. So you'd think it'd be 1990s for me, but uh, I think I'm just sick of it.
1: (laughs) Okay.
2: Yeah. I say sometimes I don't like it. I don't really mean I don't like it. I'm just, I'm sick of it. I don't need to hear it for a while. It doesn't mean I don't like it, you know? right yeah
3: I hear you and I I will tell you this though um now that I think about it a little bit Tupac Snoop Dogg Bone Thugs and Harmony 90s R&B like SWV and Jeanne and stuff and uh those TLC you know I mean I was a big hip-hop kid too back in the day so I have an affinity for that music as well and uh
1: yeah Absolutely. That kind of hip hop. We have this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good, that's good old, stuff. Cool rap. Okay. So, what was, I, so to speak, your gateway drug? What was the, the, like, your first album that you bought with your own money? We love to ask this question.
3: I remember shoplifting a, uh, there we go. <laughs> a A Wu-Tang CD from Tower Records in Northridge. Um, you probably know the one. It's not there anymore, obviously. I do. I think it was on Tampa or something. I,
2: yep. That's where I bought the I Joshua an, Tree. I think it's a total <laughs> wine now.
3: Um, right. Of course it is. Of course it is. And um, they caught me and called my mom. Thankfully, I wasn't arrested. But uh, I remember, gosh.
1: Well, the Wu-Tang Forever, that's right.
3: Yeah, there there was one, man, I think my first cassette single was like a Madonna single. And I I don't exactly remember what song it was. Um, But I remember my uh, older cousin was babysitting and we went to the Northridge Mall. (laughs) <laughs> and we went to Sam Goody or whatever store it was. And I was like, I want this one. And on TV and pop culture, like Madonna was hot, you know, and she was happening and, you know, very popular. So I saw this Madonna cassette single and I wanted it, you know. So I think that was the first cassette that I really purchased. So
1: random, man. No, that's cool. Very cool. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, I'm sure with the Wu Tang, it was probably tough to shoplift because they had those long boxes, right? Was that, uh, was it? A long box that we're trying to I think sneak it was, out.
3: It must have been just post that. I think um, <laughs> it was. It was just after that, right? But I, I remember those. Those. It was just like too much paper, right? You know, too that's, much cardboard. That's right. But God, I, I can't believe I just admitted that to you. You know, I was just a young, stupid dude, and um, you know, I was walking around to Tower Records for a good twenty minutes. And they were watching me the whole time, you know? <laughs> um, shoved it down in, in my, my belt buckle and walked out. And sure enough, two guys came out running and caught me. I'm like, oh, you guys are good. You know? yeah. They're like, yes, we are. <laughs>
0: Catching keys from four C's, rolling in MPVs. Every week we make 40 G's. Yo, nigga, respect my, oh, here you go to Tech Notch. Cha-pow, move from the gate now. Dash moves everything around me. Free, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo.
1: Okay, number 49, In Excess, Melting in the Sun. I had mentioned um, you might have a, I was like, favorite Australian bands. I thought you might have a soft spot for Silverchair. Apparently, that's not the case at all.
3: No, Silverchair is great, actually. There's a couple of songs that we're (laughs) playing right on the air. That's one of those songs where if you haven't, most people haven't heard it in a while on the radio, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and they'll hear it and and hopefully it'll, it'll take them back. Um, it's a really cool thing to hear from listeners saying, man, I haven't heard that song in years (laughs) type of thing, you know Which is pretty cool. Whatever happened to that guy? Wasn't he like a, a a teenage phenom or something?
1: Yeah, when he started, it was like he was like fourteen, fifteen years old, and sounded just like Kurt Cobain. And you know, just, where uh, is he? What? I'm sure. I'm sure they're still kicking somewhere in Australia.
3: Yeah, must be. I, I mean, I don't know.
1: Daniel Johns, right? Wasn't that his name?
3: Not sure. Know. All right. Um,
1: all right. so But, but in
3: excess, obviously, yeah. their catalog of music. I mean, whoa, like <laughs> uh, so much. There's so much, you know, yeah. and just think about what could have happened if, you know, um, you know, Michael Hutchins had, you know, lived and uh, they, they could have continued. But wow, what an amazing, amazing group. Um, the contemporary Australian artist, uh, Courtney Barnett, for sure, is my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, Amy Shark, I guess, is pretty big back home in uh, Australia playing, you know, gigs in front of thousands and thousands of people. And isn't Colin Hay from out there, too? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, but Courtney B, as far as artists from Australia doing it right now, God, I just think she's amazing.
1: You've had her in the studio too, right?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a big, big thrill for me.
1: Also, like she she reminds me of Kurt Cobain, or that just the way she plays guitar. It's it was actually surprising when I saw her show. Like, wow, she really she rocks it, man. Hell yeah! Melting in the sun. Did you give this song a listen? We didn't even. We Uh, haven't even talked about the song Melting in the Sun. This was the song that was number forty nine.
3: I have no idea.
1: Holly, do you what? How do you rate this song, Holly? Melting oh, I,
2: I love this song. I I love this album. This is a my, probably my favorite Inxs album, The Swing. Really? Yes.
1: Because yes. yeah, I mean, no, they had, as I mentioned, they had a lot, like you know, listen, like Thieves and Kick were. Yep. They were next. Those were that was
2: not those yeah. produced all the hits. You know, lot, lots and lots of hits. But no, I love this. There's a. a bunch of my favorite songs and all-time favorite songs. I like the earlier 80s in excess. You're kind of you're kind
1: of like Mookie of the 90s where you're like I I've, I've heard <laughs> these songs from Kick. I don't need to hear them anymore. I love shibushi That that's the one for me. <laughs> okay. That's
2: it, yes. Exactly. Okay.
1: I can respect that. Let's go local, shall we? To number 48. Uh this yes. is X, the band X. And the song is Wild Thing, a cover song. Were you familiar with this Mookie?
3: um no i'm familiar with the song los angeles and maybe a couple of others um i never played this particular song in my alternative radio <laughs> days but gosh i'm getting such great ideas from the, going through this list with you too yeah by the so way good. well
1: good. that's why we do this it's been a, it's a fun exercise just to kind of relive some of these songs and mm-hmm. i had even i had forgotten about this as well so but what did you think of it upon hearing this this cover of the Trogs wild thing
3: incredible. Uh, I believe anything that John Doe touches turns to gold. So, you know, I feel like uh they could do no wrong type of thing, you know.
2: <laughs> I agree.
3: Hometown Heroes, seminal punk rock band out of SoCal, you know. Um I encourage people to go delve, you know, me too. I I should go and delve into the uh the archives and do the do the deep dive into all things X.
1: Yeah. Go they ahead. came out with a record like a year ago. I was about to say, did you what do you think of Alphabet Land? Alphabet
3: Land. Um amazing. Yeah. You know, the lead right. single, the title track was so good. I, I couldn't wait to play it on the air and it had a good long run um on our radio station. You know, and surprising as well. You know, X came out with a new record. The Pretenders came came out with a new record recently, sounding just as good as ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Did you like, like Alphabet Land?
1: Yeah, Alphabet Land. It was uh, phenomenal. I was like you, it was like, I didn't know that I needed to hear this. Most bands, <laughs> when a veteran band releases new music, it, you give it a cursory listen, like, oh, that's yes. nice. And then, you know, forget yeah. about it instantly. I find myself going back to Alphabet Land. Like, it, I think it holds up really well with, with, a, with a lot of their catalog. And, I, I you know, I can't wait to, to see the band play, play these songs live, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That might have been my last show. You were talking about what, what we – this week, earlier in the week, we were talking about the last show as we saw before Oh yeah. Everything shut down. I think I might have seen X before, right before.
1: That's right. You saw Squeeze and X was the opening band? Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Major League? Oh yeah. Okay. So you are familiar with the song Wild Thing and X's version of it. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs>
3: This... That, that and Bull Durham probably the top two baseball movies for me.
1: Yeah.
2: Good one. Dave, what's your favorite baseball
1: movie? Oh, wait, uh, Bull Durham, easily for me. Like, a lot of good lines. I still call my kids lollygaggers, and you know, <laughs> nice. Look at you guys, just lollygagging. Just get up, crazy. <laughs> do you have a favorite, Holly? What do you? Where do you rank? I your... do League of Their Own. Oh, oh good one. That is yeah. a great one. Actually. Yeah. I just mentioned my daughter is now, she's playing in my fantasy league, and uh, <laughs> she she named her team Team Hooch, based on Marla Hooch, who played second base for, yep. uh, for the Peaches. Yeah, That's her favorite baseball movie. It's great. <laughs> Number 46, Devo. This is the song Shout. Were you familiar with this song at all? I know you know Devo. Did you know this song at all?
3: Is it a cover of Tears for Fears? It is
1: not, but I'm glad you know Shout by Tears for Fears. Of course yeah, you do. I don't, I don't know <laughs>
3: this particular Devo song.
1: Not many people and it, do. What, wait, what number is this on K-Rock's 1984? This made it all the way up to 46? number 46.
3: So they must have played it a lot that
1: year. Yeah. We got the good fortune to talk to Freddie Snakeskin, who was the PD. And he was just talking like they played whatever they wanted to, or they dug through the the music crates at the, at, at their local Poobah Records or... Uh, you know wherever they they want wherever the imports were and you know if they play if they heard it and they liked it they threw it on and if something worked they played numerous cuts off the album and wow I, which is another reason we're a fan of eighty eight five fm
3: dot org. It's sim- <laughs> I, thank you. Um, it's it's a throwback I guess you know to the glory days of radio because we don't you know we're not so strict yeah. you know but dude there's a couple of uh, Freddie snakeskin YouTube videos of him. Behind yeah, the scenes, right? right back in the day, yeah. you've seen them, right? Mm-hmm. Incredible!
1: They're great, and um, he's just having the time of his great. life.
3: Yeah, right? Oh, gosh, that's what it was all about,
1: man. Yeah, what is your secret sauce yeah. now? What are you? You're not digging through crates, or are you? What are you know like? Uh, how are you discovering things besides having someone call you up and say, "Hey, dude, you gotta you gotta listen to this"?
3: Well, there's plenty of that. Uh, plenty of, of that you know and uh, it's, it's hard to find time for anything else so you got the labels and these indies calling you um, every week you know um, like clockwork hey have you heard this you know type of thing so there's no shortage of new music I would say that's for sure. And now that, you know, we have the local spotlight feature on the midday show. And I think the the word is getting out where local bands know that they have an opportunity to get on the air uh, right in the middle of the day. So now I'm getting emails from random, you know, singer songwriters and, uh, you know, local musicians, no label, no management. Um, Now they're hitting me up in my inbox. So I'm going through those. I'm going through all the major label stuff. As far as the old stuff um I know there's some songs like you're you're bringing up some some amazing stuff today on K-Rock's old playlist um but like uh, what killing joke 80s and stuff like I I you just reminded me of that one mm. and I I got to go and get that one for my station okay. you know um. So in that case, I'll get a throw down like a hundred bucks on an iTunes gift card <laughs> and just go and download the old songs, you know, and have my guy go and throw it into our computer system. That's you got a system. guy.
1: That's good. You, we all need a guy. <laughs> We've talked a lot about getting a guy, but we don't like have, a or a girl or some we sort of, per- guy. we need a person. Devo is nominated for the rock hall. The uh, voting still goes on till uh, till the end of the month by the time, uh, this is gonna air forever. So we're gonna put you on the spot. I gave you the list. If you want me to you go did. over uh, let, me let me look it up here. Yeah. If you could choose five, I'm gonna ask Holly, who are your five for the rock hall for this year out of all the me? nominees? Yes, Holly.
2: I can I had to go with six.
1: Oh. <laughs> Always.
2: All right. Go-go's Fighters, Harold King, Tina Turner, and okay, so number five will be a toss-up between Shaka Khan and Devo. All
1: right. A toss-up. All right. I'm guessing because Mookie is uh, is old school '90s that he he might be uh, he might go for LL or Jay Z to enter into the Rock Hall.
3: I mean, my only reservation is like, is it rock and roll? You,
1: you know, know what? I have had this conversation with Jim Nelson, and he takes that rock part in the in the nomination process very seriously. And he he's like, the gates closed. It's if it's not rock, it does not belong. So you know, he wouldn't Dion Warwick. It's embarrassment. Like, why would, th- why would this person even be in there?
2: Listeners, as audience, if they're nominated, we're voting for them. We should vote for who we feel, you know, who we feel should be in the candidates we've been given. Yeah. Right. And weighing them on the, you know, by their music and, you know, their contribution. It's already been decided that they're considered rock and roll if these are the nominees.
1: Sure. Whitney Houston's in there now. So, you know,
3: well-deserving. Is there a, a hip hop hall of fame, I wonder, and is Aerosmith in it?
1: <laughs> See there you go. Good question. Yeah. Could put the yeah, we could right. put Blondie's we- Rapture in there. Like the first that was the first number one hip hop song. Allegedly, you know, if you want to call that oh, hip top,
3: I did a great talk break on the air the other day. <laughs> it was coming out of a, an artist named uh, Lava LaRue. And I said, you know, that's an up and coming rapper out of the UK. Lava LaRue. The song was called Magpie. Here's another rap song that we like from 1965, 88.5 FM. Boom. And it was Bob Dylan's Subterranean <laughs> Homesick Blues. It sounds like a rap song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a kick out of that one. But, um, <laughs> Love it. I mean, New York Dolls, uh, I love the the uh, the gritty punk rock attitude. You know, who else we got? The Go-Go's. Whoa, Rage Against the Machine. I feel like you need the Foo Fighters to wait a few years, you know, too soon, too soon.
1: I thought about that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: it has been think- 25 years, Mookie, okay?
3: Devo and Todd, Todd Rundgren. Um, God, Todd Rundgren. I feel like, you know, people need to know more about him. Like, he played all the instruments. You know, he did did everything. That's just incredible talent. Even production and the producer, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. You have to consider who who you think is worthy in addition to who you love.
1: Right. There's no right or wrong answer, but it's just fun to discuss. And that's why we do this, and that's why they have this thing at all, just because it it opens up dialogues on uh, with so many music fans, like who deserves to go in and what do we need to re listen to. Yeah.
3: How many do you need from me?
1: Well. They're doing it online. You can vote for five. So if you were to vote for five of these.
3: Oh, uh, Kate Bush, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Devo. And I, I owe you one more, don't I?
2: Choose wisely.
3: Uh, Todd Rundgren, I guess. Yeah. That's good. That, that's what, I mean, Tina Turner's amazing, though, you know, type of thing. I mean, Ike and Tina, pretty rock and roll. Yeah. Um, so rock and roll. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh, God. That would be a tough one to leave out. I feel like Rage Against the Machine was kind of in the right place at the right time, almost. You know.
1: By the way, you're at you're at C Do you know where Rage Against the Machine made their debut?
3: Yeah, there's a video. Yes. Online that I saw.
1: It's insane. A couple months ago. Yes, Rage Against the Machine at the Quad. It's just insane, and people are like, they're actually st- usually bands are playing, and people aren't really kind of paying attention, or you know, just a handful of people are stopping. There, as you watch this, a lot of people are like, "Whoa, what's this? This is kind of interesting." You know, watching this baby band just kind of like explode off their first gig. We're okay, got out wait,
2: quick. I think I'm. I'm gonna have to call you out on this. you you choose Rage Against the Machine, but say the Foo Fighters have to wait.
3: Yeah, I do. Mainly because I've been waiting on Dave Grohl to call me. (laughs) Oh, there it is. I know that uh, his, uh, what the Foo Fighters like studio rehearsal space is like a stone's throw from the radio station. And I've heard through the management that they know about us, that they listen to the station. Uh, I've been trying to get at them for a really long time to do some content or a, a benefit show for our public station. And I got nothing, you know, I think the Foo Fighters are certainly deserving but I'll let them sweat a little bit.
1: That's right. Him <laughs> let them twist <laughs> in the wind until they give yeah. you a call. Let it,
2: we'll let Dave know you'll vote for him next year if if he'll do something with you guys this do year. Do something. Yeah.
1: Okay. Good enough for Tom Petty. It's good enough for Foo Fighters. I mean, come on. Right. Do a benefit. Yeah. Do a benefit. Yeah. Do a benefit.
3: The, the crazy thing, like I'll ask management all day and the record label, and you never even know if they even bring it up with the band. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's really frustrating. Obviously the foos probably get a million dollars to play a gig. I can't offer that, you know, yeah. I think that when you're asking the the label guy or the management, you know, to, to do a show like an underplay. Yeah. I think that it just kind of stops right there. You know, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they wouldn't even bring it up with Dave Grohl. He's a
2: guy though. You think, I mean.
3: It'll happen. Yeah.
1: I, it's, I, I it just, will happen. I think so.
3: You know, Dave, obviously he's a a philanthropist and he's lurking around every corner of the internet all the time (laughs) and popping up at random spots, you know, doing these amazing things. I feel like if we talk to him directly, he would be like, yeah, I'll play a cake for you guys. That'd be amazing. You know,
1: he did a benefit for Casa Vega. I I have a Casa Vega shirt because he uh, he wanted to help out his favorite Mexican restaurant.
2: Foo Fighters tacos.
1: Yeah, I, I I bought a Foo Fighter taco. That's like a brisket taco. It's a food. He played a gig for a Mexican restaurant. No, he didn't play a gig. He just did. <laughs> you could buy a Foo Fighters Casa Vega t-shirt and also buy a, a, a taco of what well, was called a Foo Fighter taco. And so I have a shirt with him, <laughs> like him, Dave Grohl and a taco, you know, and just as Casa Vega. And so it, it helped that restaurant. So great idea. You're not, you're, you're right around the, he's, it's going to happen.
2: We're going to send him this clip.
1: Yes. Come on, unbelievable! Let's move on to other things. Oh, oh yes, Holly. What? Wait a Holly, minute. It, wait know, a minute. This sk- is Holly. putting on the brakes. Wait a minute.
2: You skipped a song.
1: I skipped a song. What did we skipped? Unless
2: I blacked out. You skipped the Thompson Twins. A gap.
1: You know what? Son of a gun! I had crossed it off and then just moved <laughs>
2: on. We don't have to talk that much about it. If no, you that's if, true. If, okay. If I don't have any input, but I happen to like really like the song, and they like we have. You know,
1: and also, we have talked about album. we have talked about the Thompson Twins so much. This was ex- like so K-Rock because they played five songs off this album that are on the charts on, in 1984. Mm-hmm. So the, the, uh, the album is called Into the Gap, and this is the their song, The Gap. Do you remember the Thompson Twins at all? This is a band that played. They were so big, they played at Live Aid, and Madonna jumped on stage to sing with them at Live Aid.
3: Is the song that we're talking about now, what, was it a hit
1: hit? The Gap was not a hit hit wasn't no.
3: the biggest
2: hit. I mean, they but it was, this is, bigger songs.
1: As I say, this is the yeah. third of five Thompson Twins songs.
3: I think I, I am much more familiar with obvious, the obvious one, I guess. Yeah. Um, the, the hit, what, Hold Me Hold Now. Hold Me Now, yeah. Yeah, so that's, my, that's the extent of my... Wake up in string.
0: what you need.
1: Okay, we
2: can move on from knowledge. the Thompson
1: twins. Okay, so we're going to Adam Ant. I'm not a big fan of. I listened to Apollo <laughs> Nine, and then I listened to again just to make sure. Like, is this still crap? And then I thought, well, yeah, it's still. This has not aged well. I do not like this song at all. Uh, what about you? Who's who loves Adam?
2: That's funny. I'm not a. Yes, I am a huge fan. This song was not one of my favorites even at the time. Say, not even Viva La Rock. Not not one of my favorite albums. But, yeah, I'll take anything with it. It's, it this I'll just look at as campy, you know, kind of kitschy. And I agree with you. It doesn't hold up great. Yeah, he I'll always still did, take anything by Adamant.
1: Yeah, he always did campy and kitschy. And sometimes it worked. Like I, yeah. his early album, like Strip. I thought that I yeah. kind of was on board with that. I kind of liked yeah. a lot of those songs. This one, for some reason, maybe he was just calling it in. I don't know.
3: Did he perform at Live Aid too?
1: Adamant actually did get to play Live Aid, but he only got to sing one song. And later, he called playing this show the biggest mistake in the world. So he doesn't have fond memories of playing Live Aid, and that's all we'll say about that. Yeah, Mookie, what do you think about Anime Ad?
3: I I definitely need to know more. I fell into the song from, uh, I think, 1982, Desperate But Not Serious. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was huge at the time. I certainly like that one. Yeah. And we play that on the air from time to time in our 80s category, you know, and I think that song sounds great. I know um, that's just scratching the surface, though.
1: Yeah, he, back in the early 80s, he really owned all of L.A. He could he played, like, amphitheater, universal amphitheater. He probably, he was kind of like one of those bands where, or artists where he would play, you would be playing clubs in, all, in different parts of the country in the United States. But when he comes to L.A., just a fanatical following, just insane. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's,
3: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Still to this day. I mean, he's you know That's fascinating. He, he can come he's coming to the Greeks. How many shows is he playing at the Greek? That he, he it was like a couple of shows still?
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, not the pesh mode huge, but still people love to see him. <laughs> so and our next artist also the same way like still phenomenal like still has a loyal following he just it was one after another with uh, with billy idol this is a song eyes without a face number 44 i'm sure you remember this song mookie do you
3: yeah i I do i remember coming him coming out with uh, i mean what an amazing career you know i remember um seeing him at uh, i think the observatory in santa Ana, of all places like recently you know well a few years back and um Sometimes you forget how many hits the guy has, you know, like really yeah. great songs and, you know, um, hugely popular. He I think he, I think he's amazing. Incredible music.
1: That's always a treat when you go see a band like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. He had like a, a few hits and then they go through their catalog and you're like, I know. Wow. I know this one. I know this, this. And, you know, it's just one after the other. Like, this is amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have greater appreciation for the artist. You know, he
3: had a good long run. Sheryl Crow for me was sort of the same. When I saw Sheryl at uh, the Troubadour,
1: yeah.
3: I was like, oh, I know this song. This song's amazing. This is Sheryl
1: Crow. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and as I'm someone about Cheryl Crow, I forget. And you saw I mean, you saw Billy back in the day, but uh, Eyes Without a Face. Does that hold up for you? Is that like a, a top 10 Billy Idol song for you?
2: No. It never was. Never. I, I, I'm not. A, I like the ones that rock more. I saw them in 1984 at the Palladium, and I just, I, you know, lost my voice for days, just you know, screaming my lungs out. I love Billy Idol and Steve Stevens together. They're like the the duo.
1: And did you like Billy Idol? Actually, raps a little bit. I mentioned in the cheat notes that he's yes. kind of doing a little rap in the mid mid song. Have you figured out the lyrics? You don't have the lyrics with you, but Holly, do you know what what the hell's going on there? Where he's well, you he's stealing know. a car, going to Vegas, taking a psychedelic trip.
2: That's why it makes sense, but yeah. no, it doesn't. I, I don't. <laughs>
1: What is a gigolo pool, huh? I want to know what a gigolo pool is.
2: You could Google that. I, all
1: right. All right. Uh, I will say okay. for work. Probably not. Okay. So then we'll move on. Number 43, Bananarama, the song Wildlife, also from a movie, The Wildlife. Wildlife. I'm sure you don't remember this movie. Holly, did you I go see, Did you go see this movie with Chris Penn? I didn't
2: remember the movie, but I was really glad you sent it to me.
1: Yeah, Right. <laughs> Chris Penn. It's like a fast. I remember like we were thinking back in the day, like, oh, this is just a fast times ripoff. And you know, it was like Chris Penn.
2: Chris Penn. Yeah.
1: Sean Penn's brother and Eric Stoltz, Rick Moranis and written by Cameron Crowe, who also wrote Fast Times. He wrote this? He did. Oh, I don't know.
2: Oh, yeah. You did say that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, That's, I mean, it's very 80s, but also a poor man's. Yeah, romance, fast
1: time. I guess. I, I think. Yeah, probably. Cameron Crowe had so much material for fast times. Like, let's uh, let's make another movie <laughs> uh, based on the same material. Wildlife, the movie. Yes, it's just. Uh, yeah, it's eighties nonsense. Uh, do you like the song Wildlife, Polly? I know you love Banana Yes, I
2: do. I like the song. I didn't remember it well, but I really, really like it. And you know, I will tell you, they can do no wrong in my eyes. I just love them, and I want to be them. So. Yeah, I like
1: it. Always wanted to be the fourth member. Yes. Chris Penn that is Chris Penn, that's The Young Penn.
3: Chris Penn,
1: yes, who you probably know better from Reservoir dogs, yeah, one of my favorite movies
3: did and Michael Penn has not made the list today, I imagine
1: no, he will in was eighty nine was that no myth was eighty nine could eighty
2: nine or yeah, yeah, I think so ah. <laughs> uh. So, Bananarama, do you have an opinion? Yeah, what do you think of Bananarama?
1: You know what? We should no bring idea your what you're talking about. <laughs> we should let's bring your wife in and ask her what she thinks of Bananarama. Sure. <laughs> uh, By the way, well, can what, I stop the, stop you right the, there and na- say how much I love that laugh? That is an amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a Ron <laughs> Swanson from Parks and Rec laugh. Sure. <laughs> really? I love I love it. Does he have more of a manly laugh? No, no, he doesn't. It's exactly what you did. <laughs> sure. that's my oh, really? new favorite thing i gotta start making you laugh more
3: <laughs> kind of like a cackle what's yeah. banana like hit or hits or whatever They're, like what's the most recognizable cruel
1: song? summer from the ah. movie karate kid
2: they also did venus a venus remake
1: they were three right. girls they didn't sing in uh it wasn't in harmony they all sang the same parts but it was three three women who just had a, a a number of hits, and they were they were in Band Aid. Videos
2: on the cheat sheet, They had the best eighties look. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It's yeah, all a banana. Rama had the look, <laughs> didn't
1: they?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That, if you want to know what Holly looked like, just uh, look at those three ladies, and you can get an idea. <laughs> I'm that, sure that, of it. Yes. That was
2: uh, what I was. I tried. I did all the...
1: It, was the. it was the big hair. The hair just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it was just mm-hmm. insane.
2: Uh. <laughs> Yeah, pull it <laughs> over, took the fingerless gloves and the, yeah, they were just, but see, they were just cool, all three of them. They were just so cute and cool and talented and
1: I just love them. Okay. <laughs> hair kept getting bigger until finally like we've got enough and that's, that's when they're hmm. grunge and like, all right, we're just going to cut all the, we're cutting off all the fat now. Let's just uh, bare bones. No that's, more hair. That was the reaction to, uh, to everything getting bigger. Like, okay, that's it all right so number 42 the song big country or the band big country band, and the song, yeah and the uh, the song is wonderland you remember this song i know you remember i'm sure you remember big country and then yeah and, a and
3: that's country. the song that obviously i think everybody knows um that we play that song on the air from time to time so uh, now i am checking it out
2: Totally got to current. It. I know. You get that iTunes gift
3: card to download some of these songs now. Yeah.
2: This does sound like it could be current to me, like current, right? It's a this like a really good song. I did not remember it. Yeah,
1: this is our music. This is like a music meeting going on right now. <laughs> Just kind of <laughs> Have you heard yeah. this song? Actually, we were with uh Carmel who do, who's on uh 885. She she did uh, an episode with us. We kind of alluded to uh okay, listen to it. Pretend you're in the the music meeting. How would you rate this song? What would what would you give it?
3: I think this is great, and I'm so happy you guys turned
2: me on to it. <laughs> we made a contribution. I'm so happy.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: Back when I discovered Big Country, I mentioned this as well that I thought th- they were going to be as big as you, too. Like they were just on the rise. You know, they had these big a- anthemic songs, that-, that guitar sound. It was just something that sounded like it was meant for the arenas, and that, you know, like they were just going to get bigger and bigger, and it just. Just never happened for them, unfortunately. But uh, there's a number Kinda of these like songs. Kind
3: of like the uh, yeah, the alarm, right? Right. Um, they came right. up in the same circles as you two, from what I understand, and uh, just never, never got to where you two got.
1: I had looked because I was curious because I, I still like the song. I was wondering who still played it, and uh, apparently, your friends at uh, in San Diego love this song. They're still playing it. 91X they played it eight times last week. 949 played it uh, three times. Three apparently, times a week. Three. Three times last week they played ninety four nine That's, played it three times.
3: It's very surprised.
1: Yeah. Well.
3: Yeah. There you
1: go. So you mentioned The
2: Alarm. Are you playing them or or any Mike Peters?
3: Uh, 68 Guns, Rain in the Summertime, maybe another couple of songs or two. But um, there was a documentary made about Mike Peters, right, not yeah. too long ago and uh, saw that. But after learning more about the band and learning more about Mike Peters, now I'm uh, kind of a an Alarm fan for sure.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've mentioned this music meeting. I know uh, Andy Chanley is your music director. How does that go about for, for someone who's never kind of figured out uh, how, how songs get on the air? What, uh, what are you guys talking about?
3: Uh, we are talking about just all the new stuff. So thankfully, Andy has music calls on a Wednesday. So all the labels and all the indies know to call uh, Andy between certain hours on a Wednesday. So they'll call up the music director and he'll uh, listen to the songs first, compile a list, and then on Fridays, we Zoom together. Normally on Fridays, we Zoom together and we go through the list and we do some listening. We talk about what artists we want to book for interviews and, and all of that stuff. You know, I already have an idea without talking to Andy even today of what new songs that I might want to add to, the, to our playlist. But uh, generally, it's a collaborative effort. But the, at the end of the day, I'm in the position where I could give it the yay or nay. And it's a fun position to be in.
2: <laughs> How often do you disagree?
3: I think that uh we both have a similar vision as far as what we want for the station now, you know, and like who we're targeting now. So that he I think he's catering more towards my taste as far as music. So he might not bring a song to the table if he thinks I'm just gonna poo-poo it right off of the bat, you know. He doesn't argue with me or anything. He's he presents the music and we talk about it and listen and then come Monday when I when we make the ads, you know. He's like, oh, cool. You know, <laughs> he, he doesn't care. Andy's the type of guy who is just sounds great. He's just a great compliment to whatever music you could play on the air. You know, we could flip the format to top forty tomorrow, and Andy would sound great. Yeah. You know, I
1: agree. yeah, yeah. He's super talented. I love he him. Is. What is your target, by the way? I mean, I, I'm looking at a playlist. You know, you look at your core artists, and it's it's all classic rock? But then you look at like a typical hour, and there's a lot of music i had never heard before like i i spend a lot of time Shazamming or looking up uh, going on 885 FM to figure out what what is this band? There's always something new and exciting on the station. So
3: yeah, um, we uh, we recently looked up our median age, and believe it or not, it went up a tick compared to Zebra. the last programming regime's um, year, their last year of programming. Um, and we're scratching our heads because, again, we're a much more modern leaning uh, AAA format. So we d- early on we decided to well, th- that's another story. But um, our okay. target is uh, basically a 40 year old now you know so and we do know that the older demo they they have open ears and don't necessarily want to hear the same old stuff so that's why uh the older demo is basically stuck with us it's harder to get the younger demo in and that's happened time and time again with stations across the board but early on we decided to play more 80s alternative and 80s new wave i guess as our goals. we're not abandoning the the Tom Petty's and the Bob Dylan's of the world, you know, and, and stuff Um, it's, but it's not our identity anymore. And now you got a little bit of Otis Redding and Ray Charles and uh, Curtis Mayfield and Aretha in there and a lot of new, a lot more Um, soulful. Yeah. I I couldn't, couldn't wait to get my hands on the station just to play some of that (laughs) stuff, you know, because we never have in the past. I like where we're at. I think we're fun and upbeat and uh, pretty decent. And this is going without any market research or music testing or anything, because we ain't got no budget for that at the moment. But uh, one thing that I had going on for me when when they gave me the reins was everyone wanted to do something different and skew a little younger. So I think I think we're doing a pretty decent job of that right now in all aspects of what we're doing we're, we're seeing um we're seeing us move the needle except for nielsen ratings but again being a non-com we don't have to live and die by the nielsen ratings
2: happy about that i
1: think it sounds good. I, I,
3: thank you very much it is it I is fun That so much yeah
1: it's a yeah. Um, it's a fun adventure anytime i, I tune in to 88.5 yeah. Yeah. Well, Thank oh, you. What was it? The last one I heard, um, Art Deco. Who's this person, by the way?
3: Not, you know, I know very little <laughs> about him as well, but um, God, what a really arts, artsy sort of individual, right? Yeah. Um, you could tell just he lives and eats and breathes what he does. Um, and, uh, and the song is just like a, such a winner. So it's like when you take a chance on a lesser known artist, the song better be good. Um and apparently it is because you heard it for the first time and you know you're taking notice and asking questions. But yeah, Art Deco, I think this song is called Head Rush.
1: Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, good stuff.
3: Yeah, great um, so new stuff.
1: Doing great stuff. All right, let's go back one last time to the 80s. And this is Killing Joke 80s. Brilliant. And there you go. One word. Brilliant.
3: I think it's brilliant. And you're right. Uh similar to that Nirvana song.
1: Yes. If you listen Ooh. to yeah, if you listen to it side by side, which I, I will I'm going to put them side by side, you will hear. I think originally there was some lawsuit that I believe Killing Joke had themselves attached to a lawsuit to say, hey. We should get songwriting credit for this, but that never happened. You can't not hear it now. (laughs)
2: story goes that Dave Grohl and uh, Jazz Coleman became friends and he actually played with them in 2003. Dave Grohl played with them in
1: 2003. Okay. Well, you know yeah. what? Oh,
3: wow. When he, see, again, Dave Grohl, he's doing everything with everybody. I know. Once he, he comes into the gun. studio,
1: you could uh, you could pin him down and, and get, get those You're questions.
2: Absol- <laughs> You're absolutely right. You have to go to him directly.
3: Yeah, I don't know how to do that because I don't have a direct line to, to him, but um, I'm always poking around.
1: You'll get it'll happen. I know it will.
3: I was just going to say Killing Joke, the song 80s. I forgot it existed until I saw it on this list. And just (laughs) uh, there was another one of those like, you know, light bulb things like, wow, haven't heard that one in a long time. How great is that song?
1: Yeah, I can't wait to hear it on the station. I think uh, we've taken enough of your time. Go ahead. Plug again. Tell us tell us what uh, what what excites you about the station right now?
3: Uh, well, I, I, I just think we're doing such great things. And, um, you know, it's a grassroots effort. It's, you know, there's more, no marketing dollars or anything. Um, we're not outsourcing DJs. We're not into corporate consolidation. We are live and local and, um, you know, community radio, we feel like is where it's at. So we are, we're here to serve the community of LA and Orange County, uh, the music community as a whole, and uh, again, try to bring FM back to the glory days. And that's cause part of the mission. And we feel like we're on the right track, but people need to tell their friends and uh, download the app and listen at your desk chair while you're working because um, a lot of people don't even have an am fm tuner in the in the household anymore <laughs> or at their office but again 88 5 fm.org
2: thank you thank you so much for doing this
3: my pleasure
1: i do truly enjoy 88 5 fm and, and what they're playing live and local we're doing some wonderful things with uh, the what difference does It make podcast what are we doing Ollie?
2: we are we're doing some stuff on facebook at wddim podcast and on instagram and twitter at wddim podcast and also remember to subscribe to our youtube channel because we are doing some really fun things on youtube some behind
1: the scenes stuff so check us out reviews are also good apple if you can give us five stars Yes. We need to start reading some of these reviews. We've gotten a couple of reviews have come in. I invite you to write a review and we will definitely put it on the podcast. So,
2: so thank you for subscribing.
1: Yes. Okay. So until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later.
0: Over and out. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike?